0: Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International, welcome back to Hayatum Triba with myself, Malima Shakira Hunter, here on Radio Islam International. Alhamdulillah, Tum Alhamdulillah, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are you know reaching the end of November. We have come to the point where all mothers are sighing a deep relief because the examination time is over and now we step into the December holidays inshallah and we ask Allah to give everybody a time to recharge, to recuperate inshallah and also inshallah when those results come out and those marks come out that parents are accepting of their children inshallah, understanding of them and subhanallah not to be so hard that we break our children. At the end of the day you know, irrespective of how well they do or how well they might not do, our work words of encouragement and our words Serve to either break them or build them. So, as a parent, take this responsibility very seriously because you don't want to be the reason that a little mark or a two two marks broke your child's confidence, broke your child's belief in themselves and their self-esteem. So, beloved listeners, Inshallah, may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala make it that our children excel Inshallah both in this world and the akhira. But above everything, Allah grant them the best of akhlaq, bi ta'ala. Now, today we are going to be discussing quite a serious topic inshallah and something that inshallah I hope will benefit our listeners and if there are anyone you know who's going through this out there may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you inshallah uh, later on in the show we are going to be speaking to Sister Farzan Dakota and we, she will be discussing with us her journey with her two little kids and then uh, her, 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 her need for a kidney transplant but right now we are going to be looking at parenting a terminally ill child. Now, parenting a terminally ill child can be one of the most difficult tasks a parent can face. Parents, you know, not only have to care for their child, but they also must do this while they are trying to care for themselves. It might not be possible, you know, that you are able to cure your child's cancer or whatever it is the child is going through, but this doesn't mean it's untreatable. So what happens is, is that that the parent is now grappling with this need to treat the child, even though you know logically and emotionally in every possible way they know that you know there is that this treatment is just temporary so children with terminal illness we know that they can live for many months and they can even live for many years and you know this means that they will be receiving treatments that just assist them in controlling the symptoms and whatever it is they are going through whether it is cancer or whatever kind of terminal illness subhanallah but you know, parenting doesn't end, and that's the scary and the most difficult part is that as a parent, it is so important that you help assist your child to live a life that is fulfilling, a life that is comfortable, and that you don't do this alone that people are supporting you and people are there for you and also subhanallah to have these honest conversations with your doctors with the with the care teams around you and for us listeners if you even if you might not have somebody in your family but the understanding of being there for somebody who's going through something so massive subhanallah right and Even though a parent might know, you know, my my child might only live for a year or two, irrespective of having that knowledge, it is incredibly difficult. I know I was on on social media, a lot of uh, sisters are sharing their stories online, and it's so heartbreaking when you see how those parents are doing everything they can. They give up, they put their whole life on pause so they can assist their children, subhanAllah. But you have to now understand that your focus has to be how do I help my, 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 my little one, but how do I be strong for myself at the same time? How am I able to draw from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this incredibly difficult time? So the first and foremost, your child themselves, they will have so many feelings and emotions. Can you imagine a little child having to deal with the re- the reality that I am going to go through this diagnosis, that I am going to be a, a, a person who might pass away, subhanAllah. So when you are parenting a termin- terminally ill child, it is so important to make them feel as normal as possible. And this means, you know, you you continue to discipline them, you continue to set boundaries, you keep normal routines, as you would do with any other child. But, you know, this can be so difficult to remember because you, what happens as a parent is because you because they're going through that difficulty you tend to want to spoil them more you want to give them everything you want to you know give them the best of what they can have but a child wants to feel normal they want to feel normal and this doesn't mean that they are going through this massive life experience and this test subhanallah that we have to now spoil or just cuddle them right so When it comes to now talking to your child about the illness, and I think, you know, before we move into all of these little... uh, you know, subtopics And the more, and understanding of dealing with this I think first and foremost, subhanAllah A difficult, difficult thing for us As mums and, and as parents, I should, I should say Is that we have to accept that these things are coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And this is, I think, the greatest test Is that you think to yourself, but it's a little child Why does a little child have to come? Why did the child come into my life just to be taken away? And, and, and finding that rada al qada That ability to be pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the test that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might have given you and might push you through and the through and the incredible impact it has on your family on your life it can be really really stressful so your first thing has to be that you repeat the statement yourself, Oh Allah, I am happy with your decree. Oh Allah, I am happy with your decree. So even if you are not at that point, you slowly build yourself up to a point where you are in in reality so happy with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for you, right? And when you keep on repeating this to yourself subhanallah those little doubts those little little whispers of shaytan it eats us up and when you're going through things like this it makes you think why have and why has this happened to my child why is it not anybody else's child and later on subhanallah when we are speaking to safar she will also give us some tips on how to deal with this but talking to your child about the illness right so it can be stressful just to go for kids to go through testing then they have to go to medical procedures so you have to communicate with them that speaking to them calms them down and also if you are if there if you know other people who have gone through this journey whether it is a transplant whether it is um having a heart condition with this cancer if you know other people who have gone through it it eases the strain so honestly something really really important when you are speaking to your child and making them understand the truth of their illness they know that they're going to be getting the best care speak to them about their doctors information and speaking through it is will will allow them to be able to control their emotions and reactions if you for example say "No, no no it won't hurt it's, don't worry, the procedure won't hurt, and then it's incredibly painful. They're going to feel so let down because their parents have told them that this is something that is going not not supposed to hurt, and here it is. And now they will doubt themselves: Am I wrong? Am I the one? You know, am I bad? Why am I feeling pain if I was told that it's not supposed to be painful? So explain to them that this is going to be pressure. It's going to be pain, it will sting. Reassure them that it will be temporary. You know, and and the the most important thing is that you know show them your support by either touching them lightly, speaking about it, and everything is frightening. Going into a hospital is frightening. I know, as an adult, I feel that way. Imagine for a little child. So when you start speaking through it with them, speaking to them and explaining to them, this might be something frightening, might be something daunting. It might be horrible to be left alone in the hospital without your mom, without people that you know, but we are here for you. We support you, SubhanAllah, right? And then what happens is, automatically when one child is going through a sickness the other children in the home they start to feel it and so common for chronically ill children, when they are now in these homes, their siblings become ill, they become angry, they become resentful, they become fearful, they become withdrawn. They even start having behavioral issues. You'll notice they start picking fights, they fall behind in school because they're trying to get the attention of their parents. So as a parent, in whatever case you might be, understand that your kids are feeling like they are pushed aside, like they don't matter, that the needs of their brother or sister are so much more important than them so try and they don't understand what the the meaning of the or the gravity of the situation so what we have to do as parents in this kind of situation is try to reserve time for each sibling talk about their concerns and their fears and you know it's not, but you must understand your house is not going to be the normal that you want it to be. It will be a different way of you navigating and finding your own new normal. But what you can do is make sure that, you know, if say, say for example, if every night you have supper together, but now because you're always going to the hospital that you are unable to do that, you know, be a little bit flexible. Okay. Tonight, we're going to have something together, make a pizza night, make a something and do it on the spur of the moment. I think that's the most important, the be, being adaptable. because. It's, it's almost impossible for us to say, you know what, I'm going to stick to structure and routine when you have a child who's so sick and you have to tend to their every need. And then you know, including the siblings into treatments, taking them with sometimes it might be daunting for them, but it also allows them to, you know, to spend time together while they're in the waiting room. It also allows them to see the gravity of the situation because you, as a parent, you are with your child, so you're seeing the hospital, you're seeing the treatments. But they are at home, so they don't understand what is going on because they are insulated. So time, time and again, try to incorporate them into the routines so that they can also understand it, inshallah, right? And then I would say something quite important here is um Incorporate your children's daily a'mal of reading du'as and making zikr, reading Quran, reading surahs so that the ch- your child feels that they, are support- they- that they are making du'a for people who are undergoing this so they understand that I can play a part as well. I think sometimes that feeling of helplessness where you can't do anything is what makes you feel so frustrated. So parents of terminally ill children, they can also feel extreme, extreme stress, right? Then you've got loss, this emotional pain. So if the parent is not healthy and is not taking care of themselves, you are unable to take care of your children, right? So Subhanallah, what we got to do here is is tending to your own needs and your spouse and yourself. You know, being there for each other. Everybody deals with this grief, and this, remember, this is an ongoing grief. And so because it's an ongoing going grief, it's a, it's a long game. It's a marathon. It's not just a quick sprint. So you have to get plenty of rest. You and. Subhanallah you got to take As much help As you can get And I think What happens In in the, in the in, in a relationship Is that because Each spouse Deals with things differently Some like to talk about it Some don't like To talk about it So because of that What happens is we te- You tend to find this, That spouses Tend to drift away From each other In a time When they need each other But what, we ha- what you have to do As a parent And understand Is that this is Such a difficult process Listen to your body's needs Because when you Are feeling calm you are able to assist and you are able to develop your own children, yourself, and inshallah, you are able to regulate the emotions of all those around you, right? Now, you get different types of care, etc., especially when it comes to, you know, when you're coming to the end now and your focus is on this transitional care where you are, you are... You you want to assist your, your child, but the child is really really feeling weak, Subhanallah. And I a couple of years ago, I was assisting one of my 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 my, my beloved friends, Subhanallah, and she went through this. It was such a difficult thing because how do you? How do you, uh, you know, look at your child and you think to your child that, you know what, you are going through all of this difficulty, you're going through this emotional stress, how can I be there for you in a way that you want to be? And I found that, you know, irrespective of us trying to overmother them or trying to be there. One beautiful, beautiful way to do this is to join those, those zikr groups, join those, those Yasin Khatams, read it and send it for them, read it and send it for them. Don't allow your own personal, you know, busyness and life as a community, subhanAllah. As a community, we support them and we support them in a way that we don't just, you know, smother them, but we show them that we are there constantly. And, you know, the cons- con- the, the 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 questions that mothers get sometimes, subhanAllah, in these moments can be very, very, very daunting because they want to assist their their, their children. They want to be there for them. And then the community is saying to them, oh, how long does your child have more? And it's it's such an ugly question to ask. So what we need to do is look at how we can support, right? First and foremost, support is you can be there for the other siblings and for the children and take them out, let them have a fun day, or bring them over to your house have a day that's just a normal that's full of normalcy see if you can send support by cooking food you know that just takes away some so much of the a burden and then i think you know sometimes is being there without voicing an opinion and this is quite difficult for us because when we find that somebody's going through something difficult we all want to give our our personal opinions we all want to say to the say to the parent, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. But we, but we don't look at it from the from the deeper question. And what is the deeper question? Is that maybe my presence is more important than my words? Maybe my silence is more valuable—just being there and listening. And I think the skill of listening when a person is going through something. A couple of years ago, Subhanallah, one of my good friends, you know, she lost her son and. her her husband obviously it was his son his brother lost his son and it was in the exact same uh, in one accident they lost two two cousins basically and it was so incredibly difficult you know everybody was coming over and constantly people were asking the same question how do you give comfort how do you give uh, how did it happen when did it happen and then after a few weeks people started to tell us something which i found so heartbreaking they said to her well, it's time to get over it now. And SubhanAllah, you know, this really broke my heart. How do you tell a mother, it's time to get over the grief that you are feeling of losing the baby that was in your arms, grew up, that you gave birth to. And SubhanAllah, the reality is that grief is not something that you can get used to. It's, it's not, it's, it's yes, Allah has made it because of our quality of forgetting. We forget the immense pain of it but it doesn't go away completely. So beloved listeners, you know, it's quite a heavy topic that we're speaking about today, but why are we focusing on this topic? Is first and foremost we're focusing on it because we understand, we understand that Allah tests in different ways and Allah tests In such ways so that we can find taqwa, we can find levels of iman that we had no idea that we possessed, subhanAllah. So because we had no idea we possessed these levels of iman, what happens to us is that we, we get so carried away and we get so drawn into that situation and yet subhanallah it is like most beautiful opportunity in that grief to get close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but obviously we have to develop this develop the tools of iman so we were speaking about you know being there for them so my so my friend at that time you know people kept asking her these questions and i remember sitting with her and for months and months and months she would just constantly replay and re re you know go back and just speak about all the little memories she had of her son she would speak about every moment that she spent with him in those last moments moments that she could she was trying to treasure them she was trying to bring them and People got tired of her repeating herself. And that's what happens to us oftentimes is that we get tired. We feel like, okay, move on from your grief now. How many times are you going to speak about your son? How many times are you going to repeat the same thing over and over and over? And subhanAllah, by doing this, by taking back that control a little bit and in saying to yourself, this is my Muslim sister. This is my friend. This is my family member. She has lost someone, irrespective of its three years or ten years. And this is we are speaking after loss. But even in those months and those and those years before that, she goes to sleep every night with that fear, or he goes to sleep with that night with that fear every night that I could wake up tomorrow morning and I don't have my loved one with me. So when we look at you know the comfort that we have to give them then what happens to the child now if a child is going through a moment of their life you know don't ever let them feel with our tone of voice that we are giving up hope on them subhanallah and this happens a lot of times is that the way we speak to people who are passing away everybody might be it in the room but show them a positive face speak in a positive manner and if we look at the hadith of nabi sallallahu alayhi you know when he when he when he gave comfort for when he visited the sick he would say labas, and the word labas means no worries don't worry labas don't worry Inshallah. This will be a means of your purification inshallah. He would repeat it twice subhanahu, subhanallah. And why would Nabi repeat this twice Allahumma shfi, Allahumma afeeh Oh Allah grant him cure, Allah grant him Now, when you are, you know, or oh, pardon him When you are visiting the sick person And you, are, you know that they are going through these last moments And they're feeling this heaviness your tone is so important keep it upbeat smile don't overburden them don't go into the room and you know when you every time you see them you're crying and your eyes are tearing subhanallah no our focus must always be that we want to be a positive impact we want to be able to assist rather than break we want to be there for our the is already falling apart Our actions shouldn't break them apart further than this. SubhanAllah. Beloved listeners, you've been listening to Hayat al with myself, Malima Shakira Hunter. InshaAllah, we are looking to take a short break right now. I think I'm getting a sign from my engineers. And then InshaAllah, I will, when we get back, we'll be continuing this conversation and learning a bit more from our our beloved sister, Sister Frizana, InshaAllah. InshaAllah, we'll be back after the break. Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. For listeners of Radio Islam International, welcome back to Hayatan Tayyiba. And alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we've been speaking about a beautiful topic. And we are joined on the, online now by Sister Frizana, inshallah. And she's a small business owner and mom to two wonderful little boys. Sister Frizana ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban biki. Welcome to Radio Islam International. Jazakallah for being with us today. Jazakallah
1: for having me.
0: as alaykum. Wa alaykum wa wa barakatuh. So, subhanAllah, you know, when you look at a mom, a mom is a superhero and a mother's job is never done. Many moms will tell you that being a full-time mom is a job on its own. But the real superheroes are the moms who have little ones battling with sickness as they must be as strong with the emotions and not allow it to be shown. It is these moms that spend hours a day researching better than any medical student. They spend nights in prayer and tahajjud and with all of it, Many of them still manage to share their story to create awareness. SubhanAllah, today we are are speaking to Sister Farzana, and she has a little boy who needs a kidney transplant. Zaid has been on dialysis for the past three years, and he's currently aged five. And subhanAllah, Sister Farzana, between being a caregiver, she's also a business owner, a mom, she's a wife, she's a daughter, subhanAllah. You know, Allah... I really bless you, Sister Farzana. It really is humbling when I think of the immense, immense responsibility that you have. So, Sister, Sister Farzana, can I ask you, Zaid is now five years old and he's been on dialysis for three years. First and foremost, how did your family come to know that your son has an illness related to his kidney?
1: Um, okay, so, um when he was born, we found out that he had a condition called posterior urethral valves. Um, that's basically where... The urine doesn't drain directly out through his bladder and he was going back into his kidneys and causing damage. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that caused severe damage to his kidneys. So at uh, six months old, we had to have one of his kidneys removed. And um, Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah, he has been well. But for the last three years, he's been on dialysis just so that the other kidney that he has can function a little bit better than it was without the dialysis.
0: So, Subhanallah. You know, when we were speaking earlier, that it's quite difficult as a mum to to speak to about having these kinds of illnesses. So, the most question people always ask is, how are you able to tell your son about his illness? You know, how did Allah give you that strength, and how did he, you know, take it?
1: Alhamdulillah, he's very understanding. Even though he's only five, um, we we really we haven't had any issues explaining it to him when it comes to his diet restrictions. If we say to him, you know, Muhammad said you're not allowed to have that. He just looks and says, okay, and he brushes it off and he carries on doing whatever it is he was doing. and with his treatment as well, from the beginning, you know, he started when he was quite small, he didn't really understand. So when I told him, come, it's time mm-hmm. to go and do your treatment. He'd just sit nicely on the bed, play with his toys, happily do his treatment. Um, alhamdulillah, he, it hasn't been challenging for us in that way. He hasn't made anything difficult for us. Um, his current treatment's mm-hmm. done at home. So as he sleeps, his machine runs and, and the dialysis does its work for him. So it doesn't really disturb him his day, or his play, or anything oh, that I he's doing understand. during the day, Alhamdulillah, actually. So Sister Razana, you know, you being a mom, a lot of the times we feel the
0: emotion of our children, right? Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, we feel the pain. Do you, you know? Do you find yourself being challenged like this, where you where you want to just take all the pain away from him, and you feel that it's too much, the emotion?
1: Gee, no, every day, you feel like that every day. I mean, you don't know mother wants to see her children suffer. Um, Mm. And, you know, you always sit and you think, you know, it, it should have been me. Why isn't it me? But, you know, Allah has his reasons. Alhamdulillah, he He gave us Muhammad Zaid when we weren't expecting him to come. And he's brought so much of joy to our lives. Um, he's got a bigger brother who also mm. adores him. So, Alhamdulillah, sometimes, you know, Allah has his reasons for doing what he does. So, um, Mm. I mean, the emotional part, sometimes you do feel it's a bit overwhelming at times, but you just have to be strong and carry on because we know Allah has a bigger plan for us.
0: Yes, subhanAllah. I love that, you know, that we're so fortunate to have a being that just allows us to rely totally on Allah. You know, if we didn't have
1: it, sometimes you wonder, how would you go through life's test if you didn't have it? No, definitely. Definitely. You know, just having faith and you have that yakin that Allah is there and He knows why he did what he did. So we just have to keep the faith and just, you know, keep going on, be patient and hope that inshallah, whatever happens, we're always going to be good in it.
0: Inshallah, Inshallah. Now, Sister fazana when you look at kidney diseases, you know it's one of the very few things that people will speak about. Really, you know, we know cancer is always there. We've got heart disease. All of this is there, you know. But it's such, a, it's actually quite a big reality for parents. And I know my my younger sister, she as a child, she went through it, and she went to school with a, you know, the little bag attached to her. And it was quite difficult. You know, it's mostly quite difficult because. Because people don't realize this problem and that's actually quite prevalent in our society. So what what has made it or what has uh, encouraged you to speak out, to become more vocal within the community about your son's diagnosis?
1: Uh, So it's basically, as you said, there's not much awareness. Uh, A lot of people don't know. I mean, um, Mohammed says dialysis that he's on is not the same dialysis that most most adults are on. That's hemodialysis. So he's on Mm -hmm. peritoneal dialysis. So it's basically where fluid gets filled into his abdomen via a catheter. um, Mm -hmm. And then it functions as a washing machine in his tummy, clears out all the impurities, and then he drains it. So... um, I mean, if, if another child has to, for instance, see him with this catheter sticking out of his tummy, they won't know what it is because there's this lack of education, lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you see a child who you know has been on chemo, they don't have hair, automatically you know that that child's a cancer, a cancer patient. So mm-hmm. um, we are trying to spread awareness to the community mm-hmm. just so people are more aware of kidney disease and, and how bad it is that kidney disease, especially in kids, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a difficult thing you know i mean some kids can't even go to school because they have to go for dialysis three days a week and it's training and they have uh like liquid restrictions i mean they can't even drink water in a day like a normal child would so um inshallah we are trying to spread awareness to get people talking a bit more and to get people to look after themselves a bit better mm. I think
0: that I think that's a you know a beautiful way of putting it is that we we tend to think of it as an other you know like when something mm-hmm. something going through a problem with, it's their problem but we don't realise that you know you yourself have to take care of your own health and your own you know uh, uh, I think the most important thing is are we drinking enough water every day so mm-hmm. so what have you learned like, personally from you know from looking at his journey what have you learned and you've brought into your own life.
1: Um, so we, we cut out a lot of the bad things from our diet. Um main thing is, is like fuzzy drinks, you know, all the processed foods, you know, takeaway foods, all of it, because his kidneys are not functioning at a hundred percent, which means it takes him longer to process a certain thing. Like if he, for instance, has to have uh, a bowl of ice cream. For us, you know, a couple of hours, it's digested, gone, forgotten. With him, it takes maybe three days sometimes for his body to process it. So it just takes longer, and then the dialysis is there to help. And then he's got to be on certain medication if he eats a specific food item. So we felt as a family, we made a decision where we cut out a, a whole lot of foods that, you know, Fine, you know what, we like it and okay. all of that, but we feel it's better as a family if we're all doing it together, it makes it easier for him. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. also don't want him to feel like, oh, mommy and daddy's enjoying something, but I can't have it. I just feel it's it's yeah. a bit unfair. I mean, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. So we try to be a little bit more understanding and um, many of mm-hmm. our family members who visit, they understand that as well. And um, if we do get visitors, we try to just let them know beforehand, you know, don't bring a chocolate for him. He's not allowed to have this or he's not allowed to have that. And alhamdulillah, a lot of people have been understanding. Oh, alhamdulillah. You know, I was just going to ask you about family
0: members, but specifically when it comes to, you know, I, I know that he probably gets more tired than other kids, right? Do you find that this, you know, visiting and people visiting this creates problems?
1: um You know, generally we, well, COVID came, so we haven't had many visitors yesterday. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so no, we try to screen the people who visit us. And a lot of our friends and family, they know if their kids have had sniffles or they were exposed to something at school, it's best to stay away. um Because Mohammed Zaid, he just deals with illness a bit. Uh, difficult sometimes so you know like we a child would have a flu and they'd recover three to four days with Mohammed sometimes it just takes a bit longer for him to recover and um, right family and friends they've been understanding i mean it's never been an issue where we want to come and visit you but you don't let us in your home so um Mm -hmm. we haven't had to deal with that and if they do come and visit you know it's a short visit just to come and check on him Mm -hmm. how how are you doing you know how you feeling they bring him a little sweet just so that he knows you know there's people out there who care for him even if it's just a drive-by visit you know um alhamdulillah mm-hmm. it's, it's been okay he hasn't been exposed to a lot of other kids he hasn't gone to school as yet so yes. um alhamdulillah we're trying to keep him as well as we can so keeping it at
0: home for such a long time without being you know going to school and doing the normal things that you would think children need, need to need to function does he find himself getting frustrated sometimes or do you keep him uh, constantly busy
1: Not really. He does say that he wants to go to school, but at the same time, we can't also have him exposed to unnecessary germs and viruses, you know, with with the smaller kids, you know, they pick up things a bit Mm -hmm. quicker than us. and like right. I told you, you know, he takes longer to recover. But um, he, right. Alhamdulillah, he's happy to be at home. You know, we have a little routine going for us during the day. We right. do our school time. So he's, he's happy with all of that. And as soon as his brother comes home from school, he's got company. So he's playing with him and doing whatever he wants to do outside. So he's got that little bit of company, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy listening to how you explaining it
0: because it makes our listeners understand from a real perspective. Uh, Sister Faisalah, you know, I know your son is looking for a kidney donor and as parents, naturally, you know, you want to be the first one to help you. But, but unfortunately, Allah SWT has made it that you and your husband both are not a match, right? So this means okay. that you have now taken to social media to get a response. So how has this response been? Has
1: it been positive? And what do you need? How can we support you, inshallah? um so we have had a bit of a response we we're trying to do what's called a paired donation where um another family is in need of a kidney and they don't have a donor who matches them so we basically would swap kidneys if you understand what i mean yes yeah. yeah then uh, in, that, in that way, two people are benefiting from um, a transplant, you know. Um, right. So also what, when when it comes to social media, we have had a bit of a response. Um, we have tested a few people, but unfortunately none of them have been a match. And um mm-hmm. it it's it's actually quite a lengthy process. So if you'd start you you'd definitely have to be the same blood group which is he's O positive. So it can be O positive or O negative. And um that's the main okay. thing. Then after that we they do tests on um your glucose, your cholesterol levels, they check your blood pressure, just to check that you are in good health. Um, if you are in good health, then they do other screening where they check, like, they do a questionnaire for your family history to see uh, what type of uh, family background you have, you know, if you've had any illnesses or things like that. Um, if all goes well, then they the transplant center who handles everything, they'll say, okay, you know what, let's go ahead with this, and then they begin further testing. So sometimes three months later, you find out that... Um, Unfortunately, it's not a match. And then you're back to square one testing for another uh, donor and hoping for the best. You know, sometimes people think it's a simple procedure where, like, you know, you're going to go and donate blood. But, um, right. you know, it's it's a part of your body. I mean, you're giving away an organ. It's a major operation. So uh, you need to be in good health. You need to not be overweight. You need to be fit enough where you can recover well. And um, the recovery also that, that you need to have someone to help you with your recovery. Um, but mm-hmm. most, most of the transplants that we've heard of, we've had people who've said, you know what, we've had a kidney transplant. Two weeks later, the, uh, the donors are bouncing back, back at work, driving again, you know, living normal, healthy lives. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Alhamdulillah, there is hope, there is hope. And um, mm-hmm. I feel that Allah has blessed us with two kidneys. Which means we can love with only one. So, um, I mean, if if you can save someone's life somewhere along the line, if if that's in your to then I I feel you should go ahead and try. You know, that's what my husband and I are willing to do for any other family in need. SubhanAllah. So, sister you know, when earlier I was speaking about support that you can give going through this, you know, um. All of those things, it it helps a lot, like especially with our talim group of the ladies, you know, if if ever I need anything, everyone's always making dua, sending private messages. Alhamdulillah, it, it makes a big difference to know that there are people out there who care and who are willing to help in whatever small or big way that they can. Mm. Subhanallah. You know, there's, there's something so important. It's just the support.
0: In, 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 it doesn't mean it has to be something massive. And like you were saying, you know, asking for someone's kidney is a big thing. But we are gee, also gee, definitely, making, yeah, definitely. But we are also making this this intention that you know it, 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 uh, it impacts, that it changes people's lives. Sister so, Razana Zakra so much for being on this uh, on in the radio with us. Where can people contact you should they want to assist in any way?
1: Okay, so they can contact me on my cell. It's 082-815-3597. If anybody's willing, anybody wants to find out any more information, they're more than welcome to drop me a WhatsApp, give me a call. I can email them all the information. Um, There's a lot of information, so I can't just say, okay, let's send it to you in one message. It's quite a few things. a lot of information. I like to be sadder, so if anyone is willing and wants to find out a little bit more or forward it to any family members, they're welcome to call me, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. Jazakallah, so much is May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you.
0: I will love and our du'as are with you, inshallah. And please, at any time you want to reach out, please, we are all here to listen, inshallah. Barakallah feikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Wa Listeners, that was Sister Farzana Sibdah
0: Kota, and we have been looking at, you know, going through illness in our children, and how do you speak to them, how do you, you know, inform them, how do you speak? give them the support that they might need and this has been quite a beautiful topic to explore and at the same time also quite humbling when you listen to the iman and the yaqeen that is displayed by the family when they are going through such an immense test, subhanAllah so beloved listeners, inshaAllah we will, we will leave our conversation there for today, it has been an absolute absolute pleasure to speak to you all today and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this uh, this hour together one of barakah, one of uh, uh, with nafah, of benefit and inshallah in a we're all you know wrapping up and coming to the end of our year but at the same time, let's ask ourselves, how do we support those people who are ongoing and going through, you know, tests and that are larger than, than themselves, that are bigger than examinations, that are more massive than moments, subhanAllah. People are going through, uh, you know, sicknesses and tests like this. It's an ongoing uh, relationship. So we have to focus ourselves in creating awareness, number one, and number two, reaching out and creating support systems, inshallah, that makes us understand that we are a community of Mu'mineen and we have to build that relationship and be there for each other. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, you have been listening to Hayatun Tayyiba with myself, Ma'alima Shakira Hunter, and I hope, inshallah, you all have a beautiful day. Please keep me and my family and the listeners of Radio Islam International in your Mubarak du'as. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.